Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. With me, your host, Ken. I'm a retired teacher documenting my hobby journey here on the pod, finding teachable moments to share with all of you along the way. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. Hit the follow button. And you can watch these episodes on the Sports Card Lessons YouTube channel. Welcome, everyone. How is everyone doing? Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button and leave some feedback. Huge shout out to the Content Creator Roundtable. That was with myself, Rob from Sports Card Therapist Podcast, Shane from Sports Card Nobody Podcast, and Cousins Oz and Cousin Tony from the Cousins Collectible Podcast. That episode dropped Monday. It was a great episode. Uh, It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of really good information there. So if you missed it or missed any part of it, Definitely go back and give it a listen. Fantasy football this week, two and three, heading into the last week before playoffs. Uh, two teams guaranteed in the playoffs. The third team is a winning in, winning I'm in. Uh, and I can't believe as I was just getting ready for this and knowing that this fantasy football season is coming to an end. Um, and the and the NFL race, regular season, crazy, right? I mean, I can't believe December is already here. Uh, It feels like, you know, just we were just drafting fantasy footballs like last month. Just does not feel like uh, it's that late in the year already. Uh, I guess when you're having that much fun, right? Today's episode, who makes the rules on trading? I'll say it again. Who makes the rules on trading? And I think I may have even asked this question a couple times in earlier episodes. I knew after experience I had this past week that this is what this episode was going to be about. Um, And we've all heard that expression, the unwritten rule. So in sports, there are unwritten rules that players and coaches follow. It shows respect to the game. Fellow players... Um, we see that in sportsmanship and gamemanship and the unwritten rule is not, it's just, they're, they're created so that you're not disrespecting other players or disrespecting the game itself. That's, and, and anything and anywhere in life you go, no matter what you do, they're unwritten rules. I mean, I'm using sports here, but it, it exists everywhere. I mean, I worked in a prison for 28 years. And the inmates themselves had their own unwritten rules that they lived by in, in, in prison. So no matter where you go in life, there's these unwritten rules. When it comes to the hobby specifically, buying, selling, trading cards, I think there are unwritten rules. But I don't know if A, everybody knows about them, B, anybody really lives by them, uh, and C, Anybody really knows who created them or where they came from. Um, 
And I think they're very different depending on who you talk to. So I have friends in the hobby that have been in the hobby 30, 40 years, and I'll talk to them about trading. And they say, I never trade, never trade. That's all these new new people in the hobby. They're the ones that trade. I don't trade. If I trade, I trade to a little kid, you know, and I just trade a $5 for a $5, a 10 for 10, something like that. I'll trade with, with young kids, you know, just to keep them interested in the hobby. But, you know, as far as anything else goes, I don't do any trading. Um, new people, that's all you see. I mean, you go to shows now and I, and I'm, you know, I take in content and I'm reading everything that's online and people are saying, oh, everybody's wanting to trade. Everybody wants to trade because they think people don't have money. And I mean, that's a whole other thing. I know people have money out there and I've said this on other podcasts and I know we're in a recession and people will tell you, you know, people don't have money, but if you go to these shows, you know, people have money. If you're out there in the hobby and you're out there and you're on these Facebook groups and these Instagram groups and you're seeing all these cards and people buying all these new pickups, just pick this up, just pick that up all day long. And, and there's money out there, trust me. So why is there so much trading going on? Because I think people feel that they have cards that they can't necessarily sell so they want to trade them instead and i do this myself i get ready to go to a show i was just going to a show this past weekend and i went through my my case and i said i'm going to put these cards over here on this side because these are cards that i think a have value and b i wouldn't mind trading if the price was right into something more that i would want maybe for my pc and a lot of times i do this uh or i shouldn't say a lot of times i uh, more often I find myself doing this, that if I have a card that and I'm not going to say it's a stale card that maybe just hasn't sold in my case, that's still a, a pretty good card. Maybe I have it priced too high. Um, maybe people just miss it in my case. I don't know for whatever reason, but say I have a card like that and I go to a show and I see a, a PC card that I might want to buy to put my PC uh, maybe I could do a cross sport. Maybe I could take a basketball card and trade it over to a hockey card, right? So there's, there's decent value in basketball right now. Um, and, and basketball is pretty hot still. So somebody may want to take my basketball card and give me a hockey card. Maybe they've had this hockey card in their case a while and it's just not selling. And they feel, well, maybe if I take that, his basketball card, I have a better chance of selling that, right? So so I, I do these things. So today, just talking about on this pod, I just want to stick just to the trading today. And I go back to when I was a kid, right? And we traded things and traded cards or whatever we were trading. There was never any cash involved. Uh, and, you know, as kids, we didn't even know the values of these cards. And and the trading I remember, and I may get people telling me that I'm all wrong, but when I was, I was a kid and the training, trading we did was, you know, I'm a Canadians fan. You're a Bruins fan. Uh, I have this Bobby Orr. I'll trade you for your Guy Lafleur. Right. And it wasn't about, oh, Bobby Orr was more expensive than Guy Lafleur or the comps on Guy Lafleur are higher than the comps on. But it had nothing to do with that. It had to do with you had a card from my team. I had a card for your team. We switched and we were both happy. Right. And that and that's really what I remember as a kid about trading. Um, 
But no matter what we did, it was always a one for one. We weren't saying, I'm going to trade you this one card for those three cards because this card is way more expensive than that card. We didn't know the values of, of those cards. I mean, we just knew who the players are. We love the sport, and that's what we were doing with these cards. Um, but when it comes to trading today, it just seems like, you know, the rules of it are all over the place. The deals are seem to be coming more and more lopsided. Um, you know, and I hear deals going on and, you know, people come to my table at shows and they say, oh, oh, you know, are you buying? Are you trading? I say, sure, let me see what you have. And I'll take a look at the card. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll say, oh, I want I'll, I'm interested in this card. You know, will you take and, and the values aren't even there. They're, they're not even close. They're not a one to one. And when I try to start to even it up there, uh, I'm going to go. I'm all set. OK, good. You know, it's it's. I'm not sure what they're expecting and I'm sure they don't know what I'm expecting because there's really, what are the rules to live by? You know, you know, you're at a card show. If there's a price on, on a card, I mean, okay, what's a decent rule of thumb. If I come up, the price on a card should be close to comps. It's probably going to be a little over comps. I know it. I do this in my case. And now we negotiate a little bit. Oh, you've got this card for a hundred dollars, but the last comp was $85. And what's the, what are they going to say? Will you take 70 for it? No, I'm not going to take 70 for it, but I'll take 90 for it. Well, will you take 80? Well, I'll take 85. Okay, 85. We'll shake. It's a deal. Now we made a deal. And this, this is what we do. We do this little dance at the table. And we're, we all know what the, what, the, what the dance is. Even when I'm on the other side of the table and I'm out in the show, I know what that dance is. I, I know what we're doing. But when it comes to trading, it's all over the place because nobody has any idea you know, if I have a card, I have no idea if you're going to tell me I'm only going to give you 50% value on that card, or I'm going to give you 80% value, or I don't know. I have no idea because I could go to three people in the room and show them this card and they'll tell, give me three different prices on a value. So it's very difficult when it comes to the trading because there's, what are the rules? Um, and no matter what happens, somebody's on the wrong end of the trade, right? And that's usually how it happens. Uh, whether it's at the moment or in the long term. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Uh, say last spring or summer, you traded a Mac Jones card for, say, uh, uh, a rookie to a card, right? Or a Jalen Hurts rookie card, straight up. You would have gotten the bad end of that deal at the time. Right. It, you, it would have been the bad end of the deal for you because um, Mac Jones prices and values were so much higher than Tua or Jalen Hurts. Right. But now fast forward to now, it's flip flopped. You would have been a winner in that. But did you hang on to that card that long? Right. Did you foresee that? You know, the, the person getting the Mac Jones would have clearly been the winner at the time. But in the long run, they would have been the loser. Right. And no one has a crystal ball. No one can predict what's going to happen. And, you know, some people may say, look, I've got a feeling about this. I'm going to do it and I'm going to hold on to the card. Right. But what were the rules in trading? What are the written or unwritten rules in trading? Some say if you're trading up, you need to give more value away than what you receive. And they refer to this as the price of doing business. Is it? Do I need to pay a price to do to do business? I've always based my trades on current comps. 
from both sides, right? The value, what's the comps on my card? What's the comps on your card, right? And that's, and, and that's the same if I walk up to somebody else's table and I'm willing to make a trade, regardless of what you tell me you're going to give me for my card. I have a number in mind. I've done my research and I'm sure everybody who's showing up at my table has done their research, right? So if I've got a card and I'm trading up into another card and say, let's, I'm just going to give round numbers. And I'm going to say, if the comps on the card I was trading up are $90, $100, and $115, right? I expect my card being traded up is going to be around the $90, $95. It's going to be to the lower end of the comp. Uh, it won't be the medium. It'll certainly be lower if I'm trading up. And the card that I'm trading into, I would expect it's going to be an average of what those comps are. Probably slightly more than just a straight up cash sale. But today I'm hearing 20%, 25%, 30%. For for what? I mean, you could just take my this card and sell it, right? I could do the same thing. I mean, if and, and, and uh, you know what, I'm going to just tell you, I, I I'm going to start with a situation I had this week, and and then we'll continue on from from there. So this week, another dealer reached out to me with a card that they thought I'd be interested in purchasing. The comps on the card were four hundred dollars, and they were asking three fifty. Very fair, very fair price. I was interested. And I said, are you looking to do any trades? Because I have cards that I felt they might be interested in. So I sent a few picks off. Um, he was interested in one card um, that literally had similar comps. That The card, um, the comps on the card that he was interested in was 300, that comp on it, a sale was $350. It was the exact card. It was a PSA 10, 10, 10 on the card, 10 on the autograph um, that had just sold for $350. So I said, you want to do, you know, uh, 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 an even trade on that card. And he responded, and I'm going to say word for word. He said, I could comfortably sell that card at 225 to 250. I know there was a comp that the exact card just sold for 350. So I'll give you $150 in trade value. He went on to say that he knew because he knew me, he knew that I pulled that card out of a box that was in an earlier episode, much earlier episode. Uh, and I sent it off to grading. So he felt it was a very fair offer to me. First off, I'm not knocking him because if this is the way he does business, this is the way he does business. I mean, all of a sudden, I don't think he's coming up with a, a new strategy just with me. And he knows I'm an, another dealer and he knows me. So this is not like a new strategy he just made up. This is his strategy. So I don't want to knock him for his strategy, right? I just want to tell you my thoughts and, and from my end of it. Um, I knew I knew when the offer, when it started coming with a big ex, explanation of 
you know, a lot, a, a lot of text right before the actual price came out. I knew it was going to be a low ball offer right away. When someone starts describing everything about the car, you, you know, if it was close, they would say, we're real close. Throw me 25 bucks or throw me 50 bucks. Um, instead it was, I'll take that card in 200 cash. And I said, oh, okay, but Thanks. Thanks for telling me, you know, what you think my card is worth and what you could sell it for, but I could do the same thing. I mean, if it's a $350 card, I could go put it in my case and sell it for a hundred dollars under comps and sell it for two fifty. right? I'm sure my next show, which is Saturday, that will happen. If I put that at a hundred dollars under comps, I'm sure somebody will come buy that card and they're going to say, wow, that's a hundred dollars under comps. I'm going to buy that card because it's a great deal. So why would I give it to you for $150? Why would I literally just lose $100 right out the gate on that card? And, and thank you for explaining it to me. Thank you for telling me where, you know, where you were positioned there and what your thought is. And that probably works for most people that are showing up at a show. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe people are just, you know, they know the comps are 350, but sometimes people just want to get what they can get. They see something they want. And they and, and and they jump on it, um, but I'm not that guy, and I'm a dealer as well, and I know the value of some of the cards I have. I've talked about trading up on earlier on earlier episodes of cards that I felt were say stale, but I still traded them up at the current comp. Maybe I was losing some money on them because the prices have come down. And on some of them, I'm thankful I, I traded up at that price because that price has dropped even more now. I'd really be stuck holding that card. So I was happy with that. You know, other people talk about trading, you know, just cards, comps for comps. You know, the comps on your card are down. The comps on my card are down. So let's make a trade. And that's fine. And, and if we could come, you know, within a, uh, like a 10 to 15% swing on both sides. I, I bet you we could come up with a price. Um, but just to come right out of the gate and say, I'm going to give you less than 50%. I'm going to give you, I don't even what that is, 40% on a card. I go, I mean, it's almost insulting to me. I mean, it's almost insulting to me that you would even say, knowing I'm a dealer, that you wouldn't say that. And again, on the other side, I'm not knocking you. And I know you're a listener of the show, so I'm not knocking you. I'm just, uh, I, I'm just telling you how, from my point of view, how I how I felt and what my thought process was with this. A couple of weeks ago, my neighbor and good friend, Jay, the Cardboard Collaborative, uh, he was at the Causeway show in Massachusetts, and I was at the uh, Terrytown show the same day, uh, and he sent me a pic from the Causeway of a Patrick Mahomes XRC PSA 10 card, because I've mentioned on here a number of times, you know, that I would, I would like to get into one of those cards. I'd be willing to trade up into one of those cards. And I know the current comp was in the mid 4,000s of that card, uh, anywhere from 42, 46, 47. Um, and in the picture, he sent the sticker on the card said 6K trade value. 
there was no price. There was no price on the card. And the cards around it said the same thing, just had a prices of what the trade value were. That's pretty new to me, right? Because I haven't just, I haven't seen this. I've seen people put prices on a card and then put a trade value on a card. But here we have cards that only in this person's case that only had a trade value on there. The trade value to most dealers, right, is the lowest comp less. What? 10%, 15%, 20%, 25%, 30%. And in this case, maybe even 40%. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea who this dealer is. And I have no idea what percentage. And, and what am I saying? Okay, I have a card here that, you know, the last one sold at $300, right? Um, but there may have been a, a, a 325 comp and maybe a 295 comp. So what is the dealer going to give me on that? He's probably going to say, I'll give you 250, right? Or 225 as a trade value on that card. Because he can't, and I understand as a dealer, if I'm taking that card in at, at comp, then I have to sell it at exact comp. And maybe in today's day, maybe you can't sell it at comp. It's easier to sell that card at 80% or 85% comp. So he may want to get in even a little lower and try to make a little money on that, right? Uh, so even at a 20%, even if it was just 20% below comps on a trade value, um, that would really make the value of this card like $7,200, $7,250, maybe $7,300. I mean, that's not bad for a card that's worth 45 or comps or $4,500 on the card, right? I know this card was much higher a few months ago, but Everybody's card was much higher a few months ago. Um, so what are the rules? Written, unwritten, and trading. Do we make them up individually? Because nobody seems to, to know or follow any rule of thumb when it comes to trading. Um, I've heard this expression, uh, the price of doing business, uh, thrown all around. Um, and it's usually with high-end cards, uh, and, and I think to myself, it's the rich getting richer, right? If you've got a guy that's got a $10,000 card and somebody really wants that $10,000 card, it's probably going to cost them in complete trade, maybe 13 or $14,000 in cards to get that $10,000 card, right? So who's, who's, it's the rich getting richer on this one. And if it's, and if it's a cash and a trade, then what happens? Does the comp become more of a comp because I'm giving you cash on top of it? Or is there a percentage being maybe maybe that 25 or 30% maybe gets pulled into 20% because cash is coming and maybe not. Maybe it's I'm only going to give you 70% or 60% or 55% on your trade. And then you can just give me cash, cash to make up the difference of it. Is cash really becoming king in this deal or should have just paid all cash to begin with? I try to be fair as possible when I'm doing trades because I don't want anyone walking away feeling like they've given up too much. And I don't want to give up too much myself. 
And when I'm at a table, and if you've been to my table, and if you've made a deal with me, I talk about it. I'll tell you what I'm thinking. And if I take that card, what I'm going to pay for it, what I'm going to put the price on, and what I'm going to put it in my case for, and what I'm hoping to sell it for. I'm completely transparent when it comes to that. I'm not hiding anything. And sometimes it's a card that come in that I just may want to keep myself, and it won't even make my case. And I'll tell you that too. Um, in doing that, I find myself getting a lot of repeat business. A lot of people come back. They're happy to come back and see me. What's new? What do you have new in your case? Oh, I've got a few things I think you might be interested in. Um, and this is the type of environment I've created for myself at the shows. It's a very relaxed, it's a very friendly environment. Um, I talked, oh, maybe in late 20s episode, I talked about trying to make a deal. And then I did make a deal for a Trevor Lawrence XRC PSA 10 that probably took over an hour at a show. And I felt wiped out. I, was, I wasn't even set up as a dealer. I ran into this person at a show and I, and I spent all this time making a deal and, and, he was a very hard person to negotiate with because every time he had a deal, he wanted to change it and he kept changing it and he kept changing it. And I vowed when, after I made that deal and I walked away that if I'm making a deal and, and it's, it's turns into that much work, I, I'm not, I'm not going to make the deal. It's too much work for me. I'm not out here. This is a hobby. And I've talked about this. It's to be fun. It should be fun. It shouldn't be hard. Like I shouldn't go out there and be getting frustrated and because I'm not doing it right. If, if I'm getting beat down, uh, what I'm doing out there, um, this hobby for me is what I make of it is what I make of it for me. So when I go out there, maybe people say, Oh, you should have got more for this card or you should have not given that much for that. Uh, sometimes I, you know, I tell that my friends around me, my people in the hobby around me, this was the deal I made that oh, was it that good. It was good for me. The deal was good for me and it was good for the other person, right? This way we we're both pretty happy with what we did, what we walked away with. I don't need to get rich on the hobby. Just pay for my day. Let me get out there and see people and, and have fun. That's, you know, see these cards. That's really what it's all about. Uh, and, and I know for other people, it's a lot more than that. And I understand that. I, I, I clearly do. I've been blessed in my life to be in a position where I could casually go to these shows and make my, my own experience, create my own experience at these shows. But I never will... And I'm, and I'm hoping someday there will become uh, that written rule or unwritten rule or that, you know, we could just create a trading scenario that works for everybody and it doesn't have to change for every single dealer. Um, that I find to be the hardest part. Um is the trading because I would like to do more trading, but I'm not giving my stuff away. It makes no sense for me. Um, unless a card that I'm looking at is a one of one, it may look great right there in front of me, but we all know whatever we see at a show, we pull out our phones and we can pick it up online, right? We can go out and read and look up and find that same exact card. 
somebody else has got that same exact card. You know, and, and and I understand some of these cards are numbered to five or to ten or to twenty-five or nine, you know, whatever they are. But most of the time, you can find that card. We find comps on all the cards, right? So that means one recently sold, um, and we'd be able to find it somewhere else as well. And I understand that. That's why I don't get crazy with my my prices when people come in and look. I know what they're looking up. Recent pickups. This past. Uh, weekend i went to the enfield connecticut show uh and i made uh i made a pretty big deal uh with my man ryan war at war chief cards so i picked up some uh from him i picked up three uh alex ovechkin cards i'll share them with you the first one is a 2016 flare showcase white hot numbered to 25 psa 9 i'll hold that one up there for you let's see if you can see that The next one is a 2012 Fleer Retro Legacy Collection, numbered to 150, PSA 9. Again, if you're on YouTube, I'm holding those up. And the third one was a 2012-13 Fleer Retro Playmakers Theater, numbered to 100, and this is the BGS 9. All great cards. And and interestingly, interestingly enough on these cards, when I went to see him and I did have some cards I thought he'd be interested in. And I said, Hey, you're looking to make a make a trade. Um, you know, take some take anything in trade. And he said right out, you know what? If I was, I'd probably be beating you up. I'm really looking for cash today, which which I understand. And I'm and thank you. Thank you for being honest, because most people would say, oh, let me see. Oh, OK, the last comp was 400. I'll give you 150 or something like that. Right. So so easy person, great guy to 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 deal with at the show. Uh, and he gave me a great deal on three cards. I was very excited. Another pickup I had uh, was a 2005 upper deck Alexander Ovechkin. This is a rookie class, PSA 10. Hold that one up. And the last pickup I had, all right, I know you're about to laugh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Zach Wilson. It's an XRC. Uh, it was sealed from Panini. And I actually bought this on eBay and it took this person forever to ship it. It's been like two weeks and now it finally showed up where this guy's probably not going to get to start again the rest of the year, but uh, it is an XRC and it was ungraded uh, and the card looks pretty gradable and uh, it was a very good price. So that's why I picked it up. No laughing. Upcoming shows uh, at the last show this weekend, uh, the Garden State Card Show, Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to seeing all my friends down there. Uh, we just had a last show um, not too long ago and uh, love going down there. Love these shows. Uh, looking forward to a great day. Uh, and then a week from Sunday, uh, December 18th, is the Big Apple trading card show at the new yorker hotel in new york city and then into next year 2023 i can't believe it's already here 
the New England Card Show at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield, Mass. That's January Chester Marriott, Terrytown, New York, January 14th and 15th. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. <laughs>